these unspoken words, I'm trying to get out my head. Plug in the mic and leave nothing unsaid. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. You are now listening to Unspoken Words Podcast. Hello! What? What? You are listening to Unspoken Words. Episode 131 Dalmatians. <laughs> yeah, you had to think about that. 131 Dalmatians? You like how I extended that? The extra that? litter. <laughs> the extra litter coming from our... No, 101 race dogs. Res Dalmatians. Oh, 131. Yeah, 131 bones. That's right, that's right. And I am your favorite Indian, JCB, and sitting across from me. Number 83. And the place to be. Randy B, a.k.a. Pod Gotti, Mr. Uppsala Guy Nation. (laughs) Five years running. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Mr. Uppsala Guy Nation. He's got the crown to prove it. <laughs> what is that? I don't know, but it sounds provocative. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. It's, uh, anyway, uh, as you guys can probably already tell, uh, we are missing a third member of the group, Mr. Josiah Mofia, Mr. Mo Hugs, not drugs. He is away on a conference. We will get a hold of him later. We will try to reach him for our main topic. And uh, he's a little bit under the weather. You know, He's that guy's got a lot of stuff on his plate, and I think he just caught a, a flu bug or something. something yeah. Something's going around. Yes, sir. But as he said, this is episode 131. A speak on it episode. We'll get to that in a little bit, but... um. So how was your how was your trip? My trip was good, man. It was uh it was good. Hey. Well <laughs> said. Well said. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed like you know Where did you um, go again? I went to Minneapolis uh for a conference and got there Tuesday and got home Monday. Um but it, I was gone for yeah, like I said a whole week and it was my first time being gone that long for my daughter. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was tough, but it was, you know, like. Did you get a little, I mean, I know you were there for work and for going to a conference and stuff, but did you get a little bit of R&R maybe? Yeah, that's what I was going to say was like, it, it's just, I'll touch on it more on the speak on it, but like, it was exactly what I needed, you know, was just to get away and really. Because I think, like, for a lot of us, like, we become parents and we don't, and we kind of forget about ourselves, right? Like, that self care part. Yeah. So it's like we we tend to neglect ourselves and forget that we were, before we became parents, that we were people. You know, like. Well, after you become a parent, you're still a people. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying is, (laughs) like, when we become a parent, like, we lose. I, I know, like, for myself, like, I. Like, my life is about my daughter. Mm-hmm. Everything that I do is about my daughter because you have this short window of time, right? Because mm-hmm. I read somewhere where it's like by the time a child turns 18, you've already spent 80% of the time that they will spend with you. Yeah. 
um, which is like <clears throat> which is like crazy. So it's like the short window of time. But like, just being away from my daughter that long was was tough for me. Um, that's actually why I came home on Monday because I was gonna stay till Tuesday. Um, but I came home a day early because I missed my daughter. Yeah, you know, yeah. and yeah, we didn't do nothing. Like, I got home and man. Right as soon as she seen me park, like I just, I was like, I wonder where she's at. And I started walking around my house and man, she like saw me, she was playing with her friends and then she like just threw everything down and like just made a beeline for me. Nice. And yeah, it was good. You know, like I miss my daughter and all, like we didn't even do nothing. We just went inside and we laid around on the bed, you know. Yeah, yeah, like I laid on the bed and she went and grabbed her iPad and she came and she, you know, she laid by me and she was just playing games, but she was happy. Yeah, I bet. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Like, did you ever see those um, reunion videos on uh, YouTube? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, the, the one person pops out of the blue and the other one's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's just what I thought of when you said that. But it but it was fun and, and and I mean but but I did have a lot of fun. We we did like so I went and watched the playoff game. Um watched nice. watched the Wolves. Did you get good seats? Uh, well, yeah, I got really good seats. Like I got um I got good seats and then I got even better seats like later on in the fourth quarter, you know? Why cuz everybody was leaving? No, uh there was one guy that left down below right behind the team, so I went down there and sat there. And oh. they, you know, I was able to like just finish the game down below, uh, right, uh, almost directly behind the Wolves bench. That's cool. and just having that experience and being that close, and and you know, like seeing the Timberwolves. Like, I don't think there was a fan of the Timberwolves that even think like we were going to pass the first round. But it was just a fact of like getting there, you know, like I wanted to be a, like, I wanted to see a part of that. Like, because we're like, like I said, it's something that me and my daughter share. She really loves cat, but I was able to go and just kind of experience the game by myself. I miss my daughter, but I watched it <coughs> and it was fun. Um, stayed like a block or two from the. Oh, so you tar- just yeah. walked over there then. <coughs> yeah. I rode a, I rode a line bike. <coughs> A line bike is one of those scooters, and yeah, you just ride all over. So that's how. I, so I stayed downtown Minneapolis, rode around in a scooter. How do you do that? Do you just like go check it out of a little machine or whatever, or however you want to call it? So they're parked all over around the city, and they're called like green zones and stuff. But you download an app called Lime. <coughs> Excuse me, man. Allergies are really acting up. <coughs> um. But anyway, you put your debit card on there, you do Apple Pay, swipe it, and it gives you a few minutes. Like, it gives you, I think you're able to charge $13 on it. Is that your phone talking to you? Yeah, that was my uh, my watch. But, oh. like, here, let me open this real quick. Hold on. Crack it. Slam it. Don't stop. One time. No, I just kind of keep getting these. There's some halls right there. That's what I So, like, every year, ever since I worked that, we had this conversation last year about this time, too, didn't we? Where I said, like, every year about this time, my voice ends up like this. Oh. 
Well, I, where like, the coughing increases and then it kind of maybe it's um I think it's allergies. I see I was going to say seasonal. Yeah. But I know like every once in a while not not every year but every so often man like I'll completely lose my voice. Like I can't yeah. talk like I just squeak around. I don't know why that happens or how it happens. It just Your uh, voice just gets like really dry like mine just kind of it feels kind of it feels itchy, you know, like like itchy right there. You got, like you got anything burning? <laughs> yeah, but um, oh, but the app is called Lime, and what you do, you just swipe your card on it. You're able to charge thirteen bucks, and it's just like you got to kick started, and you just ride around the city. Is it so? It's gas powered, or is it electric? Electric. Oh, and then when you're done with it, you park it by um, they have racks all over. And then they have locks on there, so you just lock it up. Because if you don't lock it up, you get a $25 fine. Damn. Yeah, by the city. Oh, okay. So they're really, like, they're monitored, you know, like, they're all. But you can't, like, just go anywhere, like, way No, you have to stay within, within that zone. Yeah, within the um, assigned zone. Okay. So, yeah. I that would, sounds pretty cool, though. I mean, like, because I, I, I kind of have an idea of what you're talking about because i've seen seen them on tv and like read about them and stuff like that yeah like you can just go up there and like i like you said um i guess you got to get an app though right yeah okay so that sounds pretty cool though i mean at least you didn't walk walk yeah no it, it was good like um especially because there was a couple nights uh tuesday night was cold wednesday night was cold kind of warmed up on thursday and then it got cold again and then got warmer again, like, on Saturday and Monday. Um, but, yeah, I went to the Mall of America, watched the playoff game, um, just really kind of rested and relaxed. That's cool, though. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Like, it really felt good to just be. Yeah. And not have anybody call or, like, not not that I'm against it, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to realize, like, ever since I got sober back in 2015, I've never had time to myself. Just I've always just Yeah, because I've always had my daughter. Like, every vacation I've ever gone on, I've always been with my daughter. Every time I've left the state, I've always been with my daughter. Um, she goes on trips by, without me. It's not me going on trips without her. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Like, just going out there, and, and it really was because of my therapist. When I was questioning the fact, like, the week before, I was like, man, you know, in our meeting, I was like, I don't, I kind of feel bad. I was like, I've never been away from my daughter, like, like for an extended amount of time. And I had all these excuses, and she was like, Randy, like, you were a person before you became a dad. Go. Take pictures, do all the things that you think are corny, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one thing that I battle is, like, being vulnerable and showing my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, in the moment, because I really don't like certain kind of attention. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's like, I don't know, I think, like, subconsciously, I would rather people see me being funny than me being... Attentive to how I feel. Yeah, so like, like you just you want them to have this certain view, but you don't want to see this other this other. Yeah, side, right? so like, just going out there and 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 one thing I love to do is like take pictures, 
But I just like go and look for like what I think would be a cool shot and take pictures. Um, like I said, I didn't have an agenda. I didn't have to be anywhere. It was like, man, it was refreshing. It's kind of like almost like it was decompressing too, right? Absolutely, because like I just switched positions at my job too and I went from the street to being on location now. Okay. Which is like something that I needed because of the intensity of the trauma that we encounter on a daily basis. Yeah. Um. There's so much that goes on, especially in this line of work, that what I wanted to introduce to my team was making it a mandatory part of our assignment is taking time off or on a rotation basis, like people coming in and doing what I'm doing, but only doing it for 30 days at a time because the trauma is intense out here. There's a lot of, like, Things that we go through when we see clients, right, like that are struggling on a daily basis and sometimes it feels like there's nothing that we can do to help them. Mm-hmm. Almost like you're you're powerless and eventually that, Absolutely. that, that gets to you. And eventually, like it doesn't matter how well you take care of yourself, eventually compassion fatigue will hit you. Yeah. You know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when are you going to be so fatigued that you're not going to love what you do, right? Yeah. And and uh, and I was doing everything that I was supposed to. I'm being accountable, talking to my therapist, and you know what I mean? Like, have this support system in place, but it was like I needed more. Yeah. And... Well, I mean, that that makes perfect sense because... Like, especially with your line of work, and you already said it, like, man, that all that that stuff that, and it's not even yours. I mean, you, you, you're setting yourself up to go out there to help people, and then there's just these things that you realize that, man, there's only so much I can do. Yeah. And and you, I know you, you're such a, a caring and empathetic individual like that it just can't help but, like, affect you. Yeah. So it makes perfect sense for you to, and not to say that, you know, oh, I had to get away from my daughter because that sounds horrible. But you kind of like you kind of did right. Like you needed, yeah. you know, just just some randy time. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Came back. Your daughter was glad to see you. Everything's grooving now. Hopefully, you got a you unloaded a lot of that baggage. Yeah. And so and leave it there. And Don't that know. and that that was the thing was like coming and and just feeling free now. Right. Yeah. Like we and there's so much more like to what I want to go on because I'm gonna do like it on the speak on it, but like, like, man, it's imperative, especially if you're a helper to take care of yourself, you know, like to take care of yourself and, and whether you're going to therapy or, or whether, you know, you got a strong support system in place, you're hitting meetings, like you're doing all this extra work, but there comes a time too, where we need a little bit more than what we're doing. You know, and, and that's a good time to go and decompress. Otherwise, we're going to freaking bleed on people that didn't cut us. There you go. I like and, that. And we're supposed to be helpers. Like, we're supposed to be there as a strength and a support system. And I can't help somebody if I'm not strong or running at at 
optimum power. See, and that's that's just the point, or another point that I was going to bring up is because we talk about that on this podcast all the time. If we're no good to ourselves, we can't be good to other people. Absolutely. And so, yeah, and and I'm glad you really you bring that up because I mean it's an important message, not just for you know single fathers or, or yeah. people on, on on walking the red road. It's for everybody. Because, like, we forget about ourselves. It's easy. For, like, I, I do the same thing. I forget about me. Yeah. And and I have to remember that, man, like, if I'm, if, if I'm not, if I'm out of balance, then I can't help anybody else walk because I'm out of balance, too. Yes. So, it's it's just a. Uh... Man, it felt good, bro, like, sleeping in until, like, 9, 10 every day. You know, like, and I'm an early riser. Yeah. Like I know I'm tired if I sleep till eight, right? Yep. Because I like That's every, just the way yeah, you're like for the yeah, like I've always been an early riser. But every single day, like I don't think there was a day where I woke up before eight. Be- oh, before eight, okay. Yeah, like I woke up every day at like ten thirty, like half hour before it's checkout time. You know, because I really like was just resting like it got to the point of like like Tuesday after class like when I went home like I didn't even have like I couldn't even lay down anymore because I laid down like just chilled all week you know like and when I had that free time like I got home at like three four in the afternoon and I went uh, to my bedroom and tried to you know how you just kind of lay on your bed I tried to do that but like Every bone in my body was like, "Nah, bro, get up!" Like you know, like uh, yeah, and see that, uh, um, like I sometimes I, I or I struggle with you know falling asleep at night. Yeah, and what I and I kind of did some digging. Hey. Yeah, and uh, what it said was is that rather than focus on oh I need to go to sleep, just let your body do it because there's you know if you're ex- overextending yourself, they, your body has this thing called sleep debt. Yeah. Like you need so many hours and if you skip out on those hours, your body at some point is going to say, nah, bro, you're going to have to shut it down. Yeah. And I, it probably works. The inverse of that is probably true too. Like, okay, well we've been, you've been laying here this whole time. You know what? Get up and move. And so that's, I mean, it's really interesting how that works, but I know like focusing on it, like, oh man, I gotta, I have to sleep and I have to have this much. And I got to get up at this time. All of that just makes it worse. It just like, kind of turns up like our thought like yeah. you know makes our like for me makes my mind more active um but i think you're absolutely right man yeah so that's pretty cool i'm I'm glad you got some rest got to see the game did you get pictures of, of yeah of yeah the, no of i got pictures of the players i got like man there was this one sequence of plays like where and like bro like he did this chase down what like hit it man Against the backboard, turned around, like ran out of bounds, turned around, and started running. Then they gave him the ball, and he did like a euro step, I think, at the other end. You know? Yeah. Like he like he made both plays on both ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like seeing that young man, bro, like I was telling my brother yesterday, he was like, well, what do you think should happen? I said, man, I was like, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think we should get rid of Cat. And he's like, well, who are you going to replace him with? And I'm like, I don't know, but he's kind of getting, like, Cat's kind of pushing 30, right? Like, he's pushing, like. That old? Yeah, he's, like, 28. When did he come into the league? 15. And that doesn't seem like it's that long Eight ago. Eight years ago, bro. It doesn't seem like it was that long. Uh-uh. 
but eight years, bro. Like, and he's like in his, I think like your prime is from like 26 to like 31. Where that window so that of time, like window, where yeah. you're, you're like at your peak. Yeah, physically. Athleticism, peak. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're like, you'll never be at that point again. Huh. Um, But I was like, man, we need to get rid of cap. So we can get something, right? Like, because he's always taking us to this point, but I don't feel like he's that finisher. Like, he's not that killer. Mm. Like, Ant, I think this team has to be Ant's team. We've learned from the time where KG was at the helm to now where Cat has been at the helm. We've never had somebody of Ant's caliber. Somebody that's freaking exciting to watch, but somebody who exerts effort on both ends. That, you know, somebody's got to be the man, right? Yeah. And you just don't think Cat's got that? Man, a lot, and it breaks my heart to even say that. But it's like, I know that we have to get rid of Gobert, though. Like, Gobert is not a fit for that system. Like, we didn't improve, man. We got rid of, like, Jared Vanderbilt, we got rid of Malik Beasley, we got rid of Walker Kessler, we got rid of D'Lo, like, and D'Lo, Jared Vanderbilt, and Beasley are all playing for the Lakers, and they wanted to beat us, beat the T-Wolves because they wanted their revenge Mm. for trading them. They loved being in Minnesota, you know, Mm -hmm. but Cat. There was a game or two in the series where he disappeared. Like he went, like he didn't do very good as he should have. And I feel like if you're the po- focal point of the offense, you can't have games like that. Yeah, I was, I was watching. I mean, I didn't watch like watch watch the games. I was uh, tracking the scores and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I was. I would been watching Phoenix and uh, L.A. Man, I can't believe the Bucks are out. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Buckets, bro. Damn, that guy is something else. The other night I I texted uh, Josiah, and I was like, hey, man, this guy's about to pop off for 50. I think he got like 55 or 54. 56, wasn't it? Yeah, 56 piece. Yep, just, man, and and the shots he was making, it's crazy. Unreal. And and you think about, like, all the the guys that have ever been a uh, Miami Heat, like, D Wade, um, Zoe, LeBron James, Chris Bosh. I guess you could throw him in there too because he, at one point, he was a superstar in Toronto. But yeah, um, all those guys, and he broke all their all the the team records. Yeah. So, and Jimmy buckets. I I, I really like watching him. It was fun to watch. Yeah, he's exciting. So, and that's this is just the first round. There were some good games. Yeah. And oh, and I can't believe I slept on. Uh, Sacramento this whole time, I mean, um, they, they're they down 3-2 right now. But I thought the, the Warriors were going to blow them out. But they, yeah. they, they, they're, this last game was kind of, they it wasn't as close as the other ones. But they, they stuck with them, and they, they beat them twice. I mean. I'm, so, I'm rooting for the Kings. They're, uh, they're, they'd, they'd be up 3-1 yeah. if, if uh, what's his face? Barnes. Hit that, yeah, hit that last second shot, so. It's crazy. That's my homie Nate's. Uh, that's that's where he's from in Sacramento. So we knew that they were killers, bro. Like De'Aaron Fox, 
Yeah, he broke his finger, though. Man, like, just watching him play, and, like, it, it's cool to see him get this kind of exposure because he's been killing teams for years. Um, just kind of, like, one of because those Because Sacramento the- is a smaller market, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not gonna, uh, they're not gonna show many Sacramento games, you know, unless you're local. Like they're not gonna show like nationally televised. So like Minnesota, like we never had televised games until we got in. Like even when we had Cat and all those guys, there was like we would do like one or two a year, unless they were playing somebody who was yeah, a unless you market. were yeah, who was and and. But it was kind of funny because my brother was like, well, why are they playing on NBA TV? Because their last game was on NBA TV. It wasn't on regular. Oh, It wasn't yeah, on yeah. TNT. It wasn't on ESPN. You get that channel? What? NBA TV. Yeah. Uh, doesn't come in on mine. It's on, uh, so I got the YouTube TV. Oh, you don't got like regular cable anymore? Uh-uh. Cut, the, cut the cord? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But I did that and uh, yeah, it's been good. All right. Well, thanks for letting us letting us in on your little trip there. That sounds like sounds like it was really good for you. Um, so we'll uh, go ahead and get on to our speak on it episode. Let's get us some uh, some musics, and then we'll try to get a hold of this dude. How about that? Yeah. Speak on it. Speak on it, bro. On it. Damn it, bro. Speak on it. Speak on it. Speak on it. And we'll just play it once. We'll just transition from one to another. Uh, let's, well, we're going to try to get this guy on the line here, see what he says. Oh, it's ringing. It's ringing. Hello. Yes, may I speak to Mr. Josiah Hooks, please? Uh, he's unavailable at the moment. Can I take a message? Well, tell him to cut it short and wipe it deep. We got a show to do. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hang up the dial. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Mr. Hugs, you are live on Unspoken Words. What do you have to say? Uh, I'm very honored and to be on the Unspoken Words podcast i feel like a hero <laughs> you are a hero you're a hero in uh, our book uh, but anyway <laughs> as you know we are speaking on it you would you like to go first uh yes for sure and uh, i already mentioned to the audience that we're audience gonna, the audiences uh, that we're only going to play the speak on a thing once, the theme, so then we can just kind of transition from one to the other. So, without further ado, sir, the floor is yours. Uh, okay, right on, right on, right on. So you're not okay. Um, <clears throat> that way, there's no awkward pauses mm-hmm. for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> You don't like so, it when he pauses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have to apologize. Um I'm, I'm a little under the weather. I'm up here in Flathead on the Flathead Reservation. Gonna do a presentation tomorrow for their suicide prevention conference. And yeah, sick when I drove up here and uh, 
doing better now, but uh, yeah, it's kind of my thoughts are all scattered. But what I wanted to talk about tonight, my speak on it was <clears throat> just some things, you know, that uh, I guess, I guess coming from the fall and then into the winter and turning into the spring, you know, there's one thing that I always teach my kids, you know, never miss an opportunity to be kind, never, um, you know, always be caring, be thoughtful, especially like their actions, especially, you know, if they're mad that they need to be careful what they say. Um, but ultimately, you know, just that, that piece of never missing an opportunity to be kind. Um, so in that, you know, even when they're angry, that if they need to, you know, take a time out or, um, and then they need to, you know, they just need to step back from the situation and calm down, cool down, talk to a teacher. I really encourage that kind of stuff. Um, cause I just, they're like being targeted by other kids, even in some cases by their own relatives like with some bullying tactics and stuff. And I'm just like, it's just so crucial, you know I mean? For me, I've been bullied. For me, I've been the bully uh, growing up. And so I I know both ends of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just wish that that was more prevalent with a lot of people. Maybe it's not on everybody's radar, but I know it is on mine. And I'm just kind of really sick of it as far as, you know, my kids having to deal with this stuff. Um, It's not even at this point, you know, it's not even something that angers me anymore. It's just like frustrating. Like what the hell are people teaching their kids? You know, and it's like, I, you know, like I was saying before, I make it a point every day, you know, when I'm dropping them off at school, I tell them, don't miss an opportunity to be kind. Yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah, I know, Dad. You know, that, that's, that's what they say. And then, um, like, I make it an emphasis just because I know, just because I know, I don't know what other people are going through. I don't know what people are dealing with that day. So I try to practice that piece. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, not missing an opportunity to be kind because it's just like, we all have our struggles. We all have things we're dealing with. Um, and I don't need to know. It doesn't. I I don't need to know what you're going through just for me to be kind to you. Yeah. And I just more. I just wish more and more people would take on that piece. And it's like. And I know everybody's focus is different, but that should be like on everybody's, on the platter, on the menu at least every day, weekly, mm-hmm. at least. Um. Because like I want to be like, what the fuck are these parents teaching their kids? You know. Oh <laughs> yeah. And it makes me mad. I used to make me mad. Now I'm just like, it's almost like I've taken on this empathy where it's like, poor kid, you know? Um, I'm equipping my kids with some tools to deal with it now. 
and they know how to deal with it now and they're they voice it and I got some journaling stuff going on and everything but it's just like <clears throat> it makes me feel bad for these those kids that aren't getting these teachings if at any at all yeah Is that all you got? <laughs> yeah, for now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I could go on, but... <laughs> I, I was going to let you, too. I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to interrupt you if you were... I thought you were kind of pondering your next thought, but... Yeah, that's... <clears throat> that whole thing, like, because I, I can... I, I absolutely can relate. I mean, you guys know a little bit about my story, having to move around a lot, so always being a new kid, I was bullied a lot, too. And there were times when I could say that I... I I I tried to bully other kids, you know, but I I mean that's just not within me. But and yeah. and I and I think part of it too was that was that knowing that how that made me feel and and there was a part of me that just doesn't like making people feel that way. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. um I could absolutely relate to that and I and I think you're spot on to where we you know like there there's campaigns and stuff that raise awareness with this especially with these kids nowadays they got social media and it's it's like that's to these kids that's like almost a, a a huge part of their world and if they're getting bullied over social media that just has like that like an effect on them that i probably never be, ever relate to um yeah but uh yeah to like like to raise that awareness and then another point that you brought up too was like you know to be kind like you don't know what people are going through and man like I, i've told you guys this a hundred times like the people at my work are just aggravating like the things that they do <laughs> the things they do and I, and I just it's a daily thing and i'm glad you brought this up because i think i'm gonna get a piece of masking tape and put be kind on my hat tomorrow <laughs> in fact just for that i think i will I'll, I'll put a right uh with a sharpie be kind and tape it to my hat and wear it tomorrow but i mean i because i have a like remember i was talking about being uh passive aggressive and and there, there's no reason to do that. Like, I mean, like that person might not, you know, we don't know what they're going through. And I, like you said, I don't really have to know. I mean, that's none yeah. of my business, but I can still be kind. Mm-hmm. And by kind, that means, you know, that part of that is not reacting or being passive aggressive or, you know, giving snide comments or snap eyes or whatever the case may be, you know, like, you know, our body language says a lot too. Um, and so, yeah, just to 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 employ that in your everyday life, I I think it's probably it'll probably be good for the individual too, right? Especially if it's something that, yeah. like, if you're you, you, like if if you're having a bad day, I mean, I can't think of any other better way than to be kind because then that makes you feel, yeah, you know, you'll get those positive vibes out of that. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I think bullies suck, man. Like, growing up, man, I always, like, hated bullies, and then I became a bully, too. Um, But I think, like, when I look back, it was, like, because there was some part of me that was hurting, right? And I hear, like, my my brother, man, like, he's always constantly schooling these kids, and but he was telling our nephew and and my daughter, like, not, you know... um, it was like when a person does that, really what it is is a reflection of what that person's going through and not about you. And I think that's something important too that we got to remind our children. It's like 
it's not a reflection of us and like where we go wrong, but oftentimes bullies are struggling with something. Um, and I think like being aware of that, but, but also on the flip side, those are like reasons why like my daughter is boxing, right? Because there was a, a, she just turned nine back in October and that following Monday, uh, a child, like they were playing under the slide and that kid like kept bossing her around, I guess. And my daughter was, went and told the teacher, like did all this stuff and they still like downplayed it. So what happened was that young girl ended up slapping my daughter in the face. And my daughter, without like without even thinking or saying anything, one tutor <laughs> just gave her a two piece real quick and busted her nose open. <laughs> I'm sorry. And <laughs> I didn't know this until parent teacher conference. <laughs> and man, I was livid. I was like, because yeah. if it was the other way around, you guys would have been calling me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. but that child that slapped my daughter was the daughter of a teacher. So there was no consequences for their actions. No repercussions, no consequences. Yeah, they just talked to, they just had an informal talk. And I was livid because I was like, if that was the other way around and my daughter was the aggressor, you guys would have made a big stink about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, OSF and all that. Yeah, but it, it and it like, I don't know, man. It, it really hurts my heart to hear that your children are going through this because, like, they're some of the most kindest human beings that we've encountered, you know? And yeah. no, no kid deserves to be bullied, especially in this day and age. Like, my perspective is that every person is valuable i don't care who they are and where they come from and yeah man that man that really is sucks to hear you know that one of our loved ones are being picked on yeah and it's almost like you know there's a part of like i know it's irrational and it'll never happen but like wanting to go and wring those parents' necks out, you know? Like, man, why don't you why don't you teach your child some manners not to grow up to be a douchebag like you or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm just rambling here, but, like, bro, like, oh, I can handle bullies, man. Like, even, like, now, like, when I see somebody being bullied, I always make it a point to go and walk over and make sure that person knows that I'm supporting them. Does that make sense? Yeah, Brazil. Because it's like, I don't know. The world is an ugly place, man. And once hurt people stop hurting, they'll stop hurting people too. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it, it, it like, you made me think of something real quick too. That happens at work too now that I think about it because we have a lot of, like, a new, there's a lot of turnover. And the new people that come in, or else there's a lot of temps too. Yeah. And they're rel- I mean, they're relatively new. They're only there for a short time, but there's a few of those 
people that are employed there that have been working there, and sh- some of them haven't even been working there for but for a couple of months. But then all of a sudden they get all you know like I'm the boss and you got to yeah. do it this way. And the way they talk to people, and I condescending, and, and like you said, as soon as I see that, I walk over there and I'm like, don't let them talk to you like that. They're not your boss. That dude over there, that's the boss. You he, you listen to him. If you got a problem, go tell him. We don't get paid to a have to put up with that and b you know have to you know deal yeah. with it. That's not on that. We don't get paid for that. You pay me more, I'll deal with it. But until that happens, like don't let nobody boss you around. Don't let nobody try to bully you because they, these are grown folks. Yep. And, and they, they they yeah. Because now thinking, like the whole thing, it, it pisses me off. Like I, I hate bullies too. I just cannot stand somebody doing that to another human being. And then you know, um, like I don't need to know the specifics of what's going on with with your kids, but I just can absolutely relate because I just shoot right back to that. Remember, like on Ratatouille, when he just goes back to yeah. when he was a kid. Yeah, like that, and I remember what it was like to feel that way and it just ugh. oh man yeah for sure and it's like I mean it was the rest man I thought we're gonna go beat their ass <laughs> yeah no but I mean we're we're not on the res, and I mean that's how we used to handle stuff we're civilized <laughs> yeah we're civilized so, I remember now. standing up to I remember like second third grade standing up to bullies and they're always like older than me I get my ass beat, but they left me alone after that. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple times when I did that too. I got beat up, but then you know they knew that for one thing, they knew they were in a fight, and another two that, or the second thing about that is like you said, they they didn't do that anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> and not to sit here and promote violence with violence, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I mean, that's just part of our our um upbringing or the way you know the environment that we were in so i can completely relate to that part of it yeah yeah it's crazy though um i know ultimately um because like i had to do with bullies and stuff and i don't know why but i i attracted bullies when i was a kid um, unfortunately I, I i started becoming a bully at times too um, once my parents found out, man, I got a, I got a, I got a spanking with a belt, man. Um, ah, the good old days. Yeah, the, the good old leather belt days. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I, and I, and I straightened out quick. I quit being that way. Maybe um, that, maybe that has something to do with like your. Your your um confusion as to uh, like why don't you straight your straighten your kids out right yeah because like that that intervention helped you out and was like well why can't other parents do that not to say oh yeah you need to beat your kids ass you know <laughs> but I mean you know like intervene in some way yeah. talk to them do something yep yeah and I think um yeah because my when I found out my kid was being a bully or just being even mean to someone made someone else cry or I, they they definitely getting a talking to, I don't know if I go as far as spanking them, but there'd be a lot of privileges taken away. Um, there would be constant negative consequences for their yeah, negative actions. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be like, Hey, 
You're going to play stupid games. You're going to win stupid prizes. <laughs> I always love that. But, um, yeah, so that's how I am. And I just like, I just, uh, it's crazy to me, like how some parents aren't doing anything or even if they are, their kids don't change their ways. I was just kind of like, huh. <laughs> I, don't know, this, I don't know what it is, but the main thing, you know, just went to say, you know, just, don't miss an opportunity to be king. You know, Pat, don't pass that up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my speak on it. Coolio, coolio. <laughs> Thanks for that. You want to go next? Ahu. 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 Josiah. Ahu. Good words. Remember, um, those one words was, remember video library, be kind, please rewind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what that reminded me of. Video library? That's, rewind that's a the DVD. Right <laughs> rewind your DVD. Yeah. Don't, uh, make sure you rewind the DVD. When, when we were kids and my, my brother wanted to fast forward it, he would say, forewind it. Forewind it? Forewind it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I can, um, I can go on my speak on it if we want. It's up to you. I, I, I mean, can. I, I'm, how about you go? You look like you're, you got something, Brandon. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I don't like. <laughs> excuse me, man. I don't know. My coworker is like, man, Randy, what's going on? Why you get that cough? I said, oh man, my vape been tearing me up. He's like, he's sitting there and like a minute later, do you vape? I was like, I, you don't vape. I'm like, heck no, you know I don't be like, you know what I mean. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> you guys didn't even laugh. <laughs> oh, all you do is smoke cigars. <laughs> I know Cuban cigars, <laughs> but um, I don't know. So, like, I had uh, we we kind of touched on it, but uh, I went to Minnesota and uh, basically took ten days off of work lately, and not lately, but. Took the last 10 days off of work, just went back to work on Wednesday. Um, but it was like, like when I thought about it, like, so I got sober back in 2015 and I'd never been alone ever since I got my daughter in July of that year. Like everywhere we went, I would always take my daughter. Um, but my therapist really encouraged me to go kind of on a journey of like self-discovery because I've been on this healing, like, man, I've been wanting to be like, like clean, right? Like on the inside more so than the outside because what I've seen um, across the world lately has been like people, like a lot of people have cleaned things up on the inside, on the outside, you know, And, and they've cleaned things up outside and inwardly haven't dealt with things. Um, in all facets of society, but more so in the helpers field, you know? So, like, the past year and a half, there was some things that I'd been through recently which really caused me to seek help. And I've been going to a therapist for over a year now, and she had encouraged me to go because I had some self-doubt. I was like, felt like I would be a bad dad, you know? Like, I've never been away from her and, and all this, but... When I had gone there, like, I was lost the whole time. It was like I wanted to 
you know, I went out there for a conference, went out, you know, and, and got to do some things and really hung out and, and didn't have like a plan, I guess. But something happened on the way home. Like when I left Bismarck, like I had this encounter, like, man, like I knew like the spirit of God came into into my car and like I just had this overwhelming sense to worship. And I'll be honest with, with the listeners, like, man, I've been in the season, especially I think this past year where I haven't even wanted to praise God or, or read my Bible or or even pray for that matter. I've uh, been like fighting depression. And, and the reason why was because I was going to my past and really digging up everything. <coughs> <coughs> putting the work in, uh, in my recovery. Um, working in the field that I'm working in and was really intentional on healing. And <coughs> But it was like I was doing physical, I was taking care of my physical working like I've lost like 80-something pounds now. Um, I think the highest I got was like 90 90-something when I was in San Francisco about a month or two ago. <coughs> but I've lost a total of 80-plus pounds and and um, was going to therapy and have a good support system around me, but it was like I was missing something still. <coughs> and when I told my therapist, like, man, I'm, I'm struggling on going out there she really encouraged me. She's like, man, you're, you were a person before you became a dad. And I went. And when I came back, Monday it was like, man, like, God, if that was the trip, like, thank you. But like I was saying earlier, like, I had this overwhelming sense to, like, lift up my hands and just, like, God, I invite you in. And, man, like, it was crazy because as soon as I started feeling that impression to really worship God, <coughs> and I was like, man, God, like, I love you. Thank you. And it was like, I just heard this voice. It's like, Randy, you've forgiven everybody. But what you haven't done is forgive yourself. And I really felt like in that moment he was saying, like, now's the time, like, it's me and you. And this is what I was talking about. <coughs> and for the first time in a very long time, with tears in my eyes, like, man, I began to weep. And I was like, man, like, God, forgive me. Forgive me for straying. Forgive me for not being close to you. But it was like, man, Randy, I forgive you, though, for not knowing. Randy, I forgive you for doing your best. I I just started going down this list of forgiving myself <clears throat> of not knowing better. Forgive me of my past, you know. <coughs> and it's crazy because this started happening outside of Bismarck and I don't really remember the drive from Bismarck to freaking Beach, North Dakota 
<clears throat> but when this whole thing was like done, I was on the west side, like the west. I was west of beach already. I wasn't even in that town. <coughs> and it was funny. Like, remember that song, like, Jesus, take the wheel? That thought came to my mind. That that line came to my mind. <coughs> Excuse me. And it was like, God, like, you literally have to take the wheel right now because I don't know what's happening. But when I had got done... Man, the the prison on the inside that I'd been filling, even in recovery, seemed to open up. Right on. <clears throat> like, I can't explain it, but, like, man, I just feel light inside. Like, I can feel that healing take place. You know what I mean? Like, I can feel, like, all that ugliness that was inside of there is gone. Like, I can feel, like, I don't know if anybody that's listening knows, like, understands. But, like, man, you know, like, there's this feeling of, like, just on the inside how we're not free. Like, we're mentally in prison. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to forgive others and it's easy to... Not not forgive others. It's easy to pour into others. It's easy to concentrate on other people and neglect ourselves. And when I came home, like, man, just that, like, after all that had happened, like, I really felt like God say to me, this is why I brought you out here, was for this moment. This moment. And it was like he had healed me from everything you know internally from not forgiving my past like not forgiving myself you know for for getting involved in the wrong things for for doing and saying the wrong things a lot of the times it's like Forgiving myself for a failed marriage, forgiving myself for raising my daughter as a single parent, forgiving myself for being an alcoholic and a drug addict, like forgiving myself for not being a good son, forgiving myself for not being a good brother, forgiving myself for not being a good spouse, forgiving myself for not being a good coworker, forgiving myself for not being mm. a good teammate, forgiving myself of not being a good co-host, forgiving myself of not being that good person who I know that God has called me to be from being that person who failed to love others because he himself was hurting. Mm. And it was like, man, like I'd just been set free from this mental torture. Mm. And I still can't explain it. But it was like, I want to work today, and, and, and now, you know, I'm looking forward to going to work. Like, I'm looking forward to, like, you know what I mean? Like, because it's like, man, like, this is, like, what I wanted this whole time was to be free from mental torture. Like, I want to be free from all the things, you know, that I didn't get right all the time. To be free from all those mistakes, like, all those things that I didn't know that I had unforgiveness in myself for. You know, because, like, like I said, God, like I really felt like God saying you've forgiven everybody, but you haven't forgiven yourself. 
Mm. And I feel like a lot of times, man, especially as helpers, we do. We become so occupied in making someone else's pain more tolerable that we forget the pain that we're walking through. And when we do that, we end up bleeding on people that never cut us. But it's like just having that revelation and being home. It's like, man, thank you. You know, having a heart of gratitude, thank you. Because I was mistaking the warfare. I was mistaking the resistance for warfare. You know, the whole time. And, and when you really think about it, when when an eagle flies, he faces resistance. He faces what he's going through because he understands that he needs that resistance to go higher. <clears throat> and I realized, like, I was running away from resistance. So, I don't know if that'll help anybody tonight, but that's kind of like, that's like what I was going through for the past 10 days, you know? Yeah, no, I thank you for sharing that, that <laughs> testimony that you're doing. And yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because I know that it's not, not an easy thing to do to be vulnerable and share those kind of things um, because it is it's it's difficult and I mean like I always say you know forgiveness is a journey um, and it's, it looks different for all of us yeah you know you're you're eight plus years in walking the red road in recovery you're still on that journey and there's still things that I need to forgive myself for and I think that's that was highlighted as you were talking, and you know now I'm gonna I'm gonna start working on those things that you know where I'm holding that against myself. You know, it's like I just need to start working on that. that those kind of things where I dig deeper and identify those things that I'm not forgiving myself for. And. No, I just really need to forgive myself because I'm too humble. Forgiving myself. Go ahead, JC. I'm so humble. I don't even want to say anything. <laughs> um, no, I. You know that 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 is going to help people because if they're listening to this. And they're like me, you know, nodding my head saying, yeah, I, I understand that. I relate to that. I've done that. You know, I felt that. Um, I think it's important to note that, I mean, as human beings, we all go through those kind of seasons. Yeah. Right. Like there's, there were times like when, when I'd be sitting there and then I'd be like, you know, I really haven't communicated, communicated with my higher power. Right. In in a way that, <clears throat> To me, it was meaningful. I, I guess the way I think of it, or the way I like to think of it, is that any communication is good communication, right? When I'm always praying for other people and, and 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 trying to do that, but then there are times when I'd be sitting there and I was like, you know, I really haven't like had that deep conversation yeah. with with my higher power lately, and I, and then as I like like kind of you alluded to is like, man, I feel guilty about that. Like I. Can you forgive me for not being faithful? Can you forgive me for not being, you know, calling on you when, like, when, when times are not necessarily good, but they're not bad either. 
Yeah. And, and you know, that kind of has that effect on me. But, it, you know, to say that um, we have these seasons is just to say that we're human beings. And, um, you know, and again, we like we talked about this earlier is like we have to take care of ourselves. We have to have that self-care. We have to be on balance because if I'm not on balance, I can't help somebody else walk. Yeah. And so, like, everything you said, like, just like Josiah said, man, that's that's just a good practice to have. And, um, you know, like, this, this, like, like you said, like, you, you, if it helps you to go down that list and be specific, yeah, then I say do that because, because then when you, you know, you're calling it out, you're putting it out there and then it's out there. And I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot to that, but, but yeah, like to, to, uh, take that step back and it's not that you don't care. It's not that we don't, um, you know, still want to help. It's not that, oh man, you know, I just want to give up on this. I just don't want to do this anymore. It's not that. It's just that we need that. We need that. And I think, you know, in our efforts to um, build a, a more positive world, we forget that. Yeah. Like, like you want to change the world, you have to start with yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, the root determines the fruit, like we always say. Yeah. So, you know, we, to start from the inside out, that's the way to go. But I think, you know, we get so focused on helping others and, and, and taking in their negativity. Yeah. And it almost, it's just like sticks to you. And, you know, we got to cleanse ourselves of that. And and Josiah said it too, like everybody's process is different. Everybody's going to be a little different, find out what works for you. But I think it's an important thing to always remember and an important thing to practice. And, you know, if anybody that's been listening to this podcast for any amount of time knows that we are always coming up with um, things like journaling, meditation. Yeah. Um, like, and you just came up with the one too, is like give me some me time. You know, set set aside some time to love yourself, enjoy your company, yeah, and, and do the thing. like you said. Like you, you didn't have no agenda. You didn't. I want to do this, that, and the other. No, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna, you know, be me and love me. And, and there's that's probably one of the most important things that we can do. Yeah. Oh, that was real good. Oh, <laughs> sounded like he, it sounded like he was under the cover. Or I know. Yeah. <laughs> he popped out real quick. <clears throat> hey, don't mind what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all yeah. right, no. your favorite Indian. Your favorite Indian's turn. Well, I got a little quick article I'm going to read out of the Psy Post uh, website called Psy Post, P-S-Y-P-O-S-T. And, uh, well, I guess it's a title. It's more of a description, but it says, Even moderate alcohol intake affects your episodic foresight. <laughs> and I'll just read the, I'll just uh, blaze through it here real quick. Uh, it says, A new study published in the Journal of Psychopharmacology found that alcohol consumption may impair one's capacity to make decisions and be mindful of the future. The study concludes that alcohol intoxication at moderate levels can impair the ability of episodic foresight. This may have implications for understanding different maladaptive behaviors. 
remember that term? Commonly linked to acute alcohol usage. Episodic foresight is the ability to mentally project oneself into a hypothetical future scenario and imagine oneself experiencing it. It involves the ability to create a mental simulation of a future event based on past experiences and current goals and desires in order to plan for and achieve future goals. Episodic foresight is essential for individuals making decisions that will benefit them in the future, helping to avoid potential issues and secure future rewards, which is essential for independent living. Unfortunately, alcohol intoxication can impair cognitive functions, including retrospective memory, executive functions, uh, resulting in maladaptive behaviors. Uh, Alcohol myopia theory postulates that alcohol's Social and anxiety-reducing effects stem from its narrowing of perceptual and cognitive function, possibly through decreased episodic foresight. Research indicates that intentional practice of episodic foresight could potentially have therapeutic benefits, including decreasing alcohol cravings while diminishing our tendency to discount future rewards. Uh, and it just kind of the next couple of paragraphs talk about how they did their study, two groups, one control group. Um, but then I'll just go down to the end here and, uh, the findings suggested that drinking at moderate levels slightly above, I guess this must've been in Australia, but slightly above Australia's legal driving limit led to less acquisition and usage of necessary items required to solve problems as well as less likelihood of using them later. Such impaired foresight may lead individuals to prioritize prioritize immediate needs over long-term goals resulting in risky sexual behavior, aggression, or drunk driving. And uh, let's say, oh yeah, there's just a couple, just a little bit more. Um, Alcohol intake may result in decreased episodic foresight, possibly as a result of impaired retrospective memory. Executive function did not contribute to this impairment, and no differences in episodic foresight after moderate alcohol Alcohol consumption were noted in this research study. So, what all those uh, $20 words mean is that when we're drinking, and I, 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 I would guess that if we're using two, that it impairs our ability to see consequences. Yeah. Essentially, right? So, like, it comes back to that whole, um, oh, it, we, we want what we want, and we want it right now. Yeah kind of uh, instant gratification type thing. <clears throat> this is what I want right now. And you, and it literally takes away your ability to say, if I do this, then this will happen, then that will happen, and then this will happen. Right? Like, we, we don't see the end game. We just see the move in front of us. Yeah. And so I I just kind of I was reading this, and I was like, man, that that something we always, like, I always felt I knew, and yet to see it, in plan, you know, in land, or, read it in this language is like okay that, that makes a lot of sense because of like just thinking back on in my using years and the, and the things that I did like and I'm not trying to say first and foremost I need to say that I'm not trying to say oh well blame it on the alcohol no because I, I've said this before that I knew that when I drank I made bad decisions yeah so I should have never even drank in the first place so that takes that out of it. I can't blame the alcohol. I got to blame me for using it. But it also makes a lot of sense too that in the throes of addiction, you know, that's what we want. That's what, you know, that's our thing. We got to get drunk. We got to get high. 
But when we do that, then there's an actual like, like physical and psychological thing going on that prevents us from even even trying to, or we, you know, we can't put it together. Yeah, we can't put A to B and B leads to C, and, and it's just crazy how that works out. I was like, man, so now now I understand like why it was such a good idea, or not even an idea. Like I didn't even think about it. To get in a car when I was drinking with my kids in the car or anybody in the car or even to drive drunk. Like, you know, that would be the example that I'm using right now. I mean, there's a lot of other dumb shit that I did, but like I did not think of the consequences because I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Like there was just that block. Yeah. And it's, and I think like for me personally too is like to keep perpetuating that. It almost becomes like your your mindset, yeah. and, and, and like it, yeah. it becomes that whole, um, you know, laugh now, cry later kind of thing. Yeah, not even thinking about the crying yeah. part. Not even thinking about the crying part, but you know, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do right now in this moment yep. because this is what feels good to me. And I'd be damned if I hurt myself or if I hurt my family, if I hurt my community, you know, whatever, so on, so forth. I didn't even think about that. And I always thought that it was because, I mean, well, it was because I was selfish, obviously from the gate, but to hear and see that it's an actual like physical thing, yeah. like you're, the way your brain works. It, to me, it's just fascinating. Like, like I just, wow, it was kind of mind blowing. Just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on all that. No, it's kind of funny that you do that because today I had to take a final and they were talking about one of the classes I'm taking is drugs and pharmacology. But they, like, <clears throat> broke down the statistics for, like, drinking. And I think, like, with almost every, um, so, like, <laughs> and this kind of makes it, like, real drastic, but, like, homicides and all that, right? Yeah. Like, I think, like, 40%, at least 40% of all homicides and, you know, they all have, like, alcohol in their system. Like there's dude, like in, you know, and there's all these percentages of like different situations. Right. But a majority of them involve alcohol abuse. And it's just like, it kind of goes along with yours. Cause when I think about like, like me, I did a lot of things that were dumb that I never thought about. Yeah. Like the consequences never like it's not even there, huh? Yeah, like oh if it happens I'll I'll do whatever, but I always thought like to me it was always like I'm not doing nothing wrong. I'm old enough. Like you know what I mean? Like always justified like what I was doing when mm-hmm. in reality it's like I'm doing the complete opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just alcohol all the way around is not a good idea. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's no. it's just like, but it's just like how a thought. Like, just think of it like how many people gone out there to celebrate or do something and they made a stupid decision and never lived past that dumb decision. Yeah. Not Not to be harsh, but like, you know what I mean? Like, 
or that person that, you know, got under the influence and now they're spending life in prison. Yep. You know, um, one of the things that I heard uh, within the past year was like, how long did your felony cost you? Hmm. When I thought about it, I was like, man, like when I committed my crime, literally less than a minute, cost me nine years of my life. Right. You know, mm-hmm. almost a whole decade. Right. And it, a lot of it is because I was under the influence of alcohol. Mm. It's like we just think these, we get these grandiose ideas and I don't know what plays in our heads when we're drunk, but we lose all consciousness of consequences. You know? So you, yeah, so like basically what that was saying was like in that minute you were not thinking of those nine years. Nope. Did never cross mm. your mind. That never crossed my mind once. It was more like, how can I survive this situation? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it traumatized not only them, but also myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. because now when I look at it, like I'm not that type of person. I would rather. And you never were. Yeah. Like who I was before recovery was all of a facade. But it's like deep down, like mm-hmm. how do I, like now my mindset is like, how can I be masculine yet show my emotional side? Because we're finding yeah. out not addressing feelings is just as toxic, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, how do I balance healthy masculinity but better yet, how do I influence the next generation and raise up healthy young men? Mm. I think it's beyond us. I think it's like now we target the younger generation. You almost become that seventh generation, you know, of like, I want to raise up young men and women, young men mostly who do not have a dad. To raise them up and teach them how to become productive members of society, how to address their emotional side, how to be vulnerable, yet still be that protector and provider that we're called to be, right? Mm -hmm. Like there has to be that healthy balance, whereas before it was be all masculine and disregard your emotions. But now now we're looking at the the pendulum kind of evening out. I don't know how I got there from. <laughs> Just go, bro. Just go. You know, like. He took us on a journey. I know, but it's like, but you think about it and we don't think like that in active addiction, let alone consuming alcohol. We don't think about the ramifications about the decisions that we're making. At all. At all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was so many times, like, I would wake up the next day knowing I did something jacked up and I didn't want to face uh, a day. Mm-hmm. Yep. I either cussed somebody ah. out, I did something extremely stupid, <laughs> made a fool of myself in some way. That's what I was going to say, yeah, I just made an ass of myself. And, like, I would, like, man, like, even now and then cell phones came, like, I would literally throw my phone to the other side of the room because I didn't want to look at Facebook. 
You know? Low hugs. Yeah. No, I mean, you guys, both of what you guys said took me right back to the beginning of my addiction and towards the end of my addiction. Like, um, initially, when you read an article, it just made me think of that young, young Mo hugs, not drugs. You know, 18, 19 year old. I had all these aspirations, I had these goals and things I wanted to accomplish. Um, but man, I first time out the nest, and I mean, I didn't grow up in a strict home per se, but more of a sheltered, as I shared before in the past. But so, <clears throat> first time out the nest, man, I was, I wowed up. Um, and like before I knew it, I was 21 and I didn't even accomplish anything that I wanted to that I set out to do when I was 18, I had just spent like three years uh, flunking out of college twice, working solely to support my partying. Um, And I felt like, I don't know, like I could just see that time like right now, very clear as you're reading that article is just, I felt like a nobody at that time, and I just even fed into my booze even more because uh, I wasn't. I'd veered off from what I wanted to accomplish and what I wanted to do. My biggest dream, you know, was to play college ball, and I was on track for that, but I let that go, and because I just wanted to party, I just wanted to drink, and I having too much fun doing that. And I let that dream just go by the wayside. That's probably something I got to forgive myself for. So Randy was talking. Still forgive myself for that. When I talk about it even now, it's like cringe. There's still that shame and guilt from that. That, you know, I was on track to fulfill, accomplish that dream. But the booze, partying, chasing women and all that was, I just chose that and like not seeing the ramifications of it you know not seeing that um, I was letting him go something that I've always wanted and I just let that go for the instant gratification of getting drunk and yeah like I said it's still kind of cringeworthy but then you know Towards me, you know, those last years of boozing, I did the same thing too. Like I didn't, I always, even even then, I always checked it off as a fluke. I was like, ah, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have mixed my whiskey with my beer. That's why I drama it out. I better just stick to beer. I don't drama out when I just drink beer. You know, making those kind of deals with myself. Yeah. Um, and then, not wanting to look at my phone the next day. Yep. Like look at the text messages and there's like 20 unread text messages. Like, gosh, what did I do now? <laughs> oh, man. People are just cussing me out or, you know, 
So yeah, just all those are highlighted. <clears throat> but yeah, it's very true, man. It's just like, I mean, alcohol is so normalized. Like, I was listening to this other podcast, and they're just talking like how, yeah, it's not a big deal, you know. Um, if I want to have a beer with my burger or pizza, I do, but, um, and I don't see why it's a big deal with other people. And I just turned that podcast off. I was just like, these guys don't get it. Uh, yeah, I know there's people that can do that, the normies, people that don't have addiction issues, but for us, we can't, you know? Yep. I read a, I read a meme recently and said, so you can go out for two drinks to South Party till I ruin my life. We're not the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's good, man. That's like a different planet for us when you when they talk like that. Right. It's like what the yep. And then I like. Did you hear that? There's a commercial on on the radio too, and there's somebody talking. Is yeah, now I can have a beer while watching the game or blah blah blah. But I just don't go crazy anymore. And I'm like, well, you. Probably not an alcoholic. Who said that? Yeah. It's like a commercial for alcohol responsibility or something. Is that? Oh, the, really? Yeah, like at the beginning, he kind of, <clears throat> I guess, alludes to the fact that he had a started getting a little carried away, but now he can have a beer here and there, or with dinner or whatever. Like you know, turned himself into a normie, and I just kind of when I first heard it, I thought, yeah, you're probably not an alcoholic. Never was. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, not to say that. Even uh, these normies can't, you know, get a little too intoxicated because the, the, these same things will still be in play, right? Like that, all the filters and the inhibitions and the blockages and the things that we use to when we're, when our mind is straight to say, well, you know, if I lash out at this person, this is going to happen. Like all those go out the window for everybody, I think, is what that study was saying. So even yeah. they can make those kind of mistakes. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I think like even back to like uh, the uh, the book that was part of the course that I was in this year, like it talks about, I, I think in there, if I'm not mistaken, they talk about the longer you play with a substance, right? Eventually your body will depend on that substance. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we're humans and we don't have that type of, um, what would you say, in our bodies. Uh, like the science type, you know what I mean? Like we don't have like metabolism. Not, like we're not geared for that, you know. Like we're yeah. not we're not built like those things that substances that we consume are. Um, what's the word? Foreign. Yeah, foreign to our bodies. So it's like the longer we tinker with a substance, the more dependent will become on that substance. The, the more your body will begin to accept it. and Yeah, you know, like think it accepts it, and then that's how, so like pe the idea was like, are drugs good or bad? They're neither, you know? But it's yeah. like how your body like responds and what you do, what is it being mixed with? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and especially if you throw in some... Uh, you know, false beliefs along with mental issues yeah, and all these other things, these, these other things that we have to deal with as addicts. Like, it's like, it's just a perfect storm to be, to, to explode. And, 
when I think about like my use, like man, I would be so drunk that I didn't even worry about what type of drug I was ingesting, mm. where it came from. Yeah, yeah like yeah. like there were t- there were times I would wake up, I I not wake up, but I would kind of come to and be like, oh man, we did that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or yeah, yeah, just end up. Or even yeah. in the, the situations and the people that you hang out with or, you know, yeah. you find yourself in, like, wow, did I really go there? Yeah. And it's like, it didn't matter what I was using. If I start, like, alcohol to, like, substances to, like, or substances to alcohol, like, you know what I mean? I, that's it, probably, they all intermingled. Yeah, and I think that's probably, like, for me, where a lot of that cringe that we yeah. talk about, like, after the fact. Because then... You're yeah. think, you're, I mean, it's already too late, but then you're thinking, okay, that could have happened or this could have happened, and then yeah. it just makes you, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's – I thought that was a really interesting article, man. Yeah, it is. Where'd you find that? That is very interesting. Psypost, <laughs> P-S-Y-P-O-S-T. Okay. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, one thing that, I mean, just want to make clear, like, man, beer – and like hard alcohol, it all tastes disgusting. And like how much we lie to ourselves. You know that's funny because like, oh, I'm, I'm drinking this because of the taste. I like the taste, and like or trying it's to gross. say, trying to say this is my favorite drink, and it yeah. stinks. It does. Yeah. It's funny, you guys, because two things I was talking to a homeboy at work today. I was like, well, two different people, but one of them I was talking about coffee. And I was like, you know, I, I I keep trying all these different types of, you know, different brands and flavors and whatnot. I was like, I just realized that I don't really like the way the coffee tastes. I just like the, what it does. Yeah. I don't drink yep. it for the taste. Yep. Yep. And then, and then the other thing too, I was uh, talking about was uh, my homeboy was talking about um, being around somebody who'd been drinking. Yeah. And he's like, man, I can't yeah. do it. I can't, Cause he's, he's, he's uh walking ridden. He's in recovery too. And he's like, I just can't do it. And I was like, Yeah, I know. And it stinks. That's one of the things I said. Like they smell like booze, yeah. and that booze smell is not pleasant. And to think that nope. I went around for basically twenty five years of my life smelling like that. How do you know I was drinking? <laughs> yeah. How do you know I was drinking? Just breathing that shit all over the place. It's yeah, man. <laughs> now uh, I know why I was by myself a lot. Man, yeah. oh my god! But yeah, thanks for I'm listening glad you to guys that. Don't smell like Street Chief anymore. I know. Street Chief by Mo Hugs. <laughs> the new fragrance <laughs> by Mo Hugs. SC. The essence of the street. <laughs> SC. The essence of the streets. SC. <laughs> I think we're on to something. A new line by Mo. Hugs. I think so. I think so. I think so. <clears throat> but yeah, thanks so, guys for bringing it, man. I know you guys are both not feeling too well, but you guys, man, persevered, went through it. Appreciate you guys, love you guys. Yeah, love you too. Did you need to hurry home? You need to hurry home and catch the rest of this Boston Atlanta. I'm watching it right now. Mm. Trey Young's cooking. What's the score? It is seventy six, seventy seven with. Seven minutes and fifty nine seconds to go in the third. Who you got? Man, Trey Young killed him the other night. Shafted. Oh man. I know on their home court too. I'm I'm going for the C's. Okay. 
Pharisees get degrees. Yeah. Yes, sir. Cool, cool. All right. We uh, good then? We're good. Yeah, man. we are. That good. was a really good episode. I mean, hey, sometimes one of us is missing, but we're always all here. <laughs> <laughs> Lights are on, but nobody's home sometimes. <laughs> the engine's running, but there's nobody behind the wheel. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for accommodating me and calling me. Uh, we got some big things coming up for unspoken words, doing some opioid stuff. And yeah, nothing but big things in 2023. We appreciate all of our listeners out there, our supporters all over flat earth. And to our unspoken words, disciples keep spreading unspoken words, gospel, Billy Graham style. Uh, and with oh, that, we are out. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk.